Welcome to The Well Drop, Own Your Wellness. I'm your host, Amber Berger. And I'm Dina Wismer. We are mothers, friends, wellness experts, and self-described warriors who have each experienced our own unique personal wellness journeys. We are your wellness friends here to give you drops of wisdom we've discovered over the years that actually work. Wellness, what is it really? The struggle is real and we're here to help sift through the noise. Today we welcome Julie Tupler with us uh, at the Well Drop, and I'm so excited to have her here. Uh, Julie is a registered nurse, a certified childbirth educator, and a certified personal trainer. She developed the maternal fitness program in 1990, and for over 20 years has been teaching and developing the Tupler technique, which is a program for treatment of diastasis recti in women, men, and children in all stages of their lives. New York Magazine calls her the guru for pregnant women. She's been featured on many national television programs such as the Today Show and Live with Regis and Kelly. It's the only program that is focused on treating diastasis recti. And she's developed the diastasis rehab splint. She is on the advisory board of Fit Pregnancy, Women's Health Foundation, Medical Fitness Network, and the Women's Sports Foundation. Personally, I was referred to Julie about seven years ago after the birth of my third child and my third C-section. I was having trouble with my back and my chiropractor referred me to Julie. Her program helped me tremendously. And to this day, I think of her teachings every time I work out or use the bathroom, which we'll discuss later. And I learned so much from her about diastasis recti and how it affects all of us and how it's the root cause of so many ailments throughout the course of our lives. So thank you so much, Julie, for being here with us today. I'm so excited to talk to you. This is such a unique and focused specialty. Can we please start off by explaining to everybody what is diastasis recti? Absolutely, but first I'd like to say that I've been doing this over 30 years. <laughs> I was delayed, that was when I first met you, it right. was 20, it was 20 years. years, now, now it's 30, 30 years. <laughs> and I've written four books. I've written a children's book and I've written a Together Tell Me, so updated a little bit since uh, since you've been with me. So diastasis, Recti, the word diastasis means separation, and recti refers to the outermost six-pack muscles, the uh, rectus abdominis. So it's a separation of these muscles. So the connective tissue between the separated muscles stretches sideways. And how can somebody determine if they even have diastasis recti? Everybody is born with it, and usually around three years old after the nervous system develops, it comes together, but not necessarily. Uh, if the baby has an umbilical hernia from pulling on the uh, umbilical cord, uh, if the baby is constipated, crying a lot uh, during the childhood, if the child does gymnastics um, or a lot of swimming, then the muscles do separate. Uh, how do you tell? Well, the easiest way to tell is when somebody has a severe diastasis and then you see the outie belly button. So the umbilical hernia is a side effect of separated muscles. If you come up from a backline position and you see this doming or alien-like bulge, that's the sign of a severe diastasis as well. Other than that, if you, your belly button has like kind of a, a, a hoodie on it, um, that's sort of a sign that you have it. Um, if you've been doing crunches, gymnastics, you've been in a car accident, if you've been pregnant, you normally have it. It's always best to be checked or have somebody check you. And on my website, I do you know, show how to check yourself. 
And when you're checking, you're checking the distance between the two separated muscles and you're checking the condition of the connective tissue between the separated muscles. The deeper your fingers go down, the weaker the connective tissue. And the whole point of my program is to strengthen that connective tissue so it's strong enough to hold the muscles in a close together position. When women have a tummy tuck, what they're doing is they're bringing that connective tissue together and they're stitching it. The problem with stitching it is that with force on the stitches, the stitches can come undone. With my program, you are actually strengthening the connective tissue. Wow. So if for young children, and is it a pediatrician that would be the one that can check them or unless you follow the protocol online the pedi- on your website? The pediatrician, you know, diastasis has been ignored by the medical professionals. And you know, having had children, that you were not checked for a diastasis. So my goal while I'm on the planet is that everybody, every belly gets checked for a diastasis as part of any medical or fitness evaluation. Somebody comes in for back pain, they should be checked for diastasis. If somebody comes in for bloating while eating, they should be checked. If they're having pelvic floor issues, they should be checked. I mean, it should be part of the treatment plan. Uh, Julie, how is diastasis connected to pelvic floor uh, and to the back? And how It's not the same thing. Uh, what's the difference and how is it connected? Okay. The abdominal muscles are connected to the pelvic floor. And when you work the pelvic floor or the abdominals, you get what's called a co-contraction. All right. So if somebody has pelvic floor issues and they don't address the diastasis, then they're going to have a difficult time resolving the pelvic floor issues. They go together. You know, I I talk about this when I'm teaching women how to push with their abdominals and relax the pelvic floor. That's a different topic. But if you have, and, and because doing that during the pregnancy does prevent all the pelvic floor issues. So, but they are connected because the muscles, when you work one muscle, it stimulates the other. So, The transverse muscle is the only muscle that goes all the way around your body. It attaches to each side of your spine and it goes from the bottom six ribs to the top of the pelvis and it comes around and then it attaches in front behind those outermost muscles, those recti and in front on the bottom. So if they're separated, then what happens is the the muscles aren't doing their job to support the body in the front. So when the muscles are separated in the front, the organs get out of alignment and they move forward. And is that what causes that belly bulge Uh, that you're talking about when you're checking? You see people with diastasis are straight up and down, they don't go in. But anyway, um, and that's with, with the back issues because with the transverse muscle, which is this innermost muscle, there's a co contraction also besides the pelvic floor there's also a connection to the lumbar multifidus in your back. So when you work this transverse muscle, you get a co-contraction with like four different muscles. So uh, that's why it's important to understand and work this muscles, this muscle with activities of daily living. And then when doing a diastasis safe workout. 
So interesting. So I, I love that you brought to light for me. I always thought it was just a female issue, the diastasis recti, but you said it actually can be male or female. So it is something, I guess, when you are young to check it out. And it's really just about strengthening the muscles. It's not a gender specific no, issue. No, it's not. And that's why I have a children's book and I have a children's video and the children can wear the splint as well. At around six years old, they know how to bring the belly button to their spine. So they're able to start doing the exercises. And that's why my new book, Will You Be My Belly Buddy um, for Children, sort of gets the whole family to do the program. It's inter- Is it connected to the diaphragm? Yes, well? it is. The transverse muscle? Yes. I, I, as we're talking, I'm, my youngest son has sleep apnea and he has muscle weakness from being born prematurely. And as you're talking about belly buttons, I'm thinking that his belly button, <laughs> what I, it I, looks like, that what his belly button looks like, and actually realizing for the first time, even having have, even after having worked with you, that he might have some issue with his diastasis that is affecting his breathing. Absolutely, so, absolutely, you should definitely check him because most likely he has it. So, can you explain what is the splint that you created? What does it look like, and how do you use the whole it? Point of strengthening the connective tissue um, so then it's strong enough to hold the muscles in a close together position. The way that I do that is three ways. And the first way is repositioning the muscles in the connective tissue. So if, if this is, if this is, if these are my muscles and this is my connective tissue, what I want to do is put the connective tissue in a narrow position continuously Just like if I was to wear a cast for a broken bone, I would want to continuously keep to keep the two ends of the bone together so that eventually they would fuse. It's the same thing with the connective tissue. I want to continuously keep it in this narrow position. It's stretched out. So we're wanting to take the stretch off this connective tissue. The other thing, if the muscles are um, separated four fingers apart or more, what happens is when you try and engage the muscles, they move side to side, okay? And and that's not the way that they're supposed to move. They're supposed to move front to back. And the only way they can move front to back in this sagittal plane of movement is if they're close together. So we want to put the connective tissue in a narrow position, and we want to put the muscles so that the starting position of the muscles are close together. So when you do the exercises with the transverse muscle, they move front to back. And you're referring to exercises. um, And I know your program list details it out. But if someone's thinking about taking a first step in turn, because part of the rehabilitation is a splint and keeping the muscles together. Just wearing the splint is not enough. That's just the repositioning. Then you have to do the exercises. And I was wondering why the connective tissue was getting stronger. And I thought, well, maybe it's blood flow from all the, you know, from all the exercises. But then I read the research by Dr. Helene Langevin, a uh, neurologist out of uh, Vermont. And in her research on connective tissue, she talks about this backward compression with the connective tissue. So I realized that that's basically what I was doing by repositioning the muscles and then doing the exercise. And that the exercise when the muscles and connective tissue are moving in that backward movement creates this microcurrent in the connective tissue and that's what remodels it and heals it. So if you want, I can 
run and get a splint and, and show you what it looks like. But it's basically, um, it's like a, a front binder. People have back binders. This is a front binder. And we have two models, uh, one with three arms and one with two arms. And it just depends upon yeah, can we see what that looks like? I have no idea what that looks like. <laughs> I'm envisioning like a corset. My aha moment, you know, when I was doing maternal fitness and I switched to diastasis rehab in 2009, but my aha moment was when I was working with this new mom and she had a huge diastasis, huge, one of the biggest I've ever seen. And we were doing the exercises and she said, I, I don't feel them. I, I, I don't feel my muscles working. So I took a scarf and I pulled her muscles together and had her hold the scarf and it was magical. She goes, oh my God, I can feel my muscles working now. So that was the, the light bulb moment that made me develop a splint. So I had a piece of fabric and I had safety pins. All right, it was just a long piece like a scarf and then you would safety pin it. You would put it on and then you would safety pin it. And then my client said, you know, um, you got to get rid of the safety pin. So then um, I started using Velcro. So now, so I had initially I had this and this is has has. Um, oh, you're right. It is just it's kind of like everyone knows what a back brace looks like. Mm -hmm. This looks like a front brace. It's a it's a it's a front brace. And I can show you basically, um, you know, how it goes on if you like. So I have two models. I have the, the uh, regular torso, which is three arms. And then I have the short torso, which is two arms. And when I did a study with the doctor in uh, California, putting platelets into the connective tissue to see if that would speed up the process of healing, I started using two splints because the layering uh, gave more uh, coverage and also kept it in place better. And then and, and because it's in an area between two sets of ribs, it's difficult to keep in place. So, so then I came out, and this is like new, I came out with my together tummy splints. So I have a tank top, together tummy tank top, and this is, this is like loop Velcro, okay? And um, the splints now attach to it. It's moisture wicked and antimicrobial. And on the splint, it has a, um, a piece of Velcro. I don't have one. I actually, my client just, one of my clients just bought it from me. So it has a, um, a piece of hook Velcro here. So it attaches to the back of the tank top. And then on the arms, it has Velcro. So it attaches to the front, the back and the sides. My regular splints just attach on the side. All right, so I've taken it up like a step further now, at what age could you start wearing the splint? Well, you can start wearing the splint. Um, I have pediatricians and um, pediatric uh, physical therapists asking me about that. The, the young children can wear it to keep the muscles together and the connective tissue. They can wear it at any time. And, and that's why we have the short torso uh, that work really well for the children. Depending upon the age and the size, it might have to be modified a little bit, but that's not difficult to do. But at six years old, they can start doing the program. And we always recommend having their either one or both of their parents be their belly buddy. I love that. I'm actually breathe certified by Dr. Belisa uh, Vranish. So that talking about the transverse muscles is where I first really learned about them 
utilizing your diaphragm and your breathing really helps to engage those transverse muscles. And I guess it's really important because it helps to bring your core together. How long do you recommend for somebody to use the splint? How long does it take for someone to strengthen their muscles to bring the diastasis recti together? And can it ever be resolved? Everybody asks me that same question. So the answer is how long it takes depends upon the severity of your diastasis and your commitment to doing all four steps of the program. My statistics show that in six weeks, if you follow the program and do it my way and not your way, um, you can make it uh, 55% smaller. I have this online support program uh, and it says, I, I call it an 18 week. So the program progresses over 18 weeks, but I never ever say that you can totally close it in 18 weeks because it's, you know, healing connective tissue is not an overnight process. It certainly will be better in 18 weeks. So with my 18 week online support program, there's no termination date because it may take longer than 18 weeks to close your diastasis. Now, if you have, if you don't. So say you close a diastasis and you feel strong, can it then reopen? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question because you have a weak spot in the connective tissue with your belly button. So I had surgery in January and um, they blew up my belly with air. And I had a small diet. I checked myself and I had a small diastasis. So I had to, um, you know, do the program more religiously than I do it. Because um, basically I, I just, you know, do 500 of the transverse every day in the morning. But I had to do a little bit more to close it. So if you put pressure on the weak spot at your belly button by doing improper exercise. So if you start doing crunches or doing jackknife when you get up or... That was my question. I'd love to emphasize <laughs> why crunches are dangerous because I can't tell you the amount of um, people in the fitness industry who I've worked with who are like, okay, do crunches. I'm like, no, no, I don't do crunches. <laughs> Ever since because of the diastasis. Well, well, because of Two diastasis. reasons you shouldn't do crunches. Number one, it's very bad that rounding and now functional medicine is saying that rounding is very bad on the disc of the spine. So from, from that point for, for back health, but in a backline position, and I've tested this out big time, in a backline position, when the shoulders come off the floor, it is physically impossible to engage transverse. So what happens is the muscles move forward with the connective tissue. And so it's stretching the connective tissue. The muscles are moving in the wrong direction. All right. That's why you see people that have these moon shaped abdominals that do a lot of crunches and it separates the muscles. The whole point is to take the stretch off the connective tissue. So when you do crunches, if you're not able to engage transverse, then the muscles are going forward and you're, and you're continuously stretching it. You do a hundred of them. You're like putting all that force and pressure on this connective tissue and Wow. Is Pilates a good exercise Pilates for somebody with diastasis? Modified so it's diastasis safe. So if you do an exercise with the head and shoulders off, you can do that same exercise with the head, you know, on the floor. Okay. You need to, with Pilates, strengthen transverse first so that you're able to 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 use the transverse with every repetition of every exercise that you're doing with Pilates. So I do, I do train Pilates instructors and then they, you know, have their clients 
do a diastasis safe Pilates class. So it's the same thing with yoga. I'm actually working with a woman. I was uh, speaking at a conference in Texas in June, and I met this Pilates instructor, not Pilates, yoga instructor, and she her had a fabulous class. So I asked her if she would work with me to do an online diastasis safe yoga class. And so we're working on that now. So yoga, Pilates, and then any type of workout with weights or anything, it has to be modified so it's diastasis safe. You need to be able to engage that transverse, right? With every repetition of every exercise. You have to be able to- How do we know if it's engaged? Okay, well, you, well, in the first three weeks of the program, or actually the first six weeks, we're developing transverse muscle strength and awareness. And that's why in the first six weeks of the program, we only do cardio. We don't do weights because we, with activities of daily living, we're thinking about before we stand up, engage. When we sneeze, when we cough, when we go to the bathroom, we're thinking about engaging transverse. We're also doing the exercises to strengthen transverse so that in week six, you're strong enough to use the transverse with every repetition of every exercise. So you have to develop the awareness of using the transverse first. Interesting. Can you speak a little bit about how diastasis is connected to your pelvic floor? That if you're having pelvic floor issues, you're saying that you have to fix the diastasis first? Okay. Well, as I mentioned earlier, there is a co-contraction between the transverse muscle and the pelvic floor, the main muscle, the, the, the pelvic floor, the pubic acogeus muscle. For example, in birth, when you hold your breath and bear down you and you put your hand on your pelvis, your pelvic floor, you can feel the movement going downward. That's not a good thing, okay? If you engage transverse and hold your breath and bear down, you don't feel that movement. So it's very important, not only with giving birth, but when working out, because you see bodybuilders, they do Valsalva, they hold their breath and bear down. So when you, if you're a bodybuilder or if you're working, if you're not a bodybuilder and you're just doing like this, holding your breath and bearing down, um, it's called the Valsalva movement when you're working out then it affects negatively the pelvic floor. That is why it's so important to develop this transverse muscle strength and awareness because when you use transverse, it doesn't affect the pelvic floor. What I do is have my clients put their hand on their belly, put their hand on their pelvic floor, hold their breath and bear down and feel that downward movement. Then I have them bring the belly button to the spine and hold it there. Now. Now, for me, with a strong transverse, it's going to be different than somebody that hasn't strengthened the transverse. So you bring the belly button to the spine, put your pelvic hand on your pelvic floor, hold your breath and bear down. You don't feel it in the face and you don't feel it in the pelvic, you know, the pelvic floor area. Speaking of bearing down, one thing that can affect your diastasis as well is pooping. And I'd love if you could elaborate on that a little bit. Do you, I know you, in the past, you've recommended using a squatty potty. Is that something that you still recommend still, and why? I still recommend it and I still have it, you know, in my bathroom. <laughs> so, um, so yes, the toilet was invented by a plumber. His name was Thomas Crapper. And he was a plumber and he did not recognize the mechanical advantage that squatting offers the body. So the toilet became the norm. And it's not 
the best position to go to the bathroom. So by putting your feet up seven inches, you can turn your garbage can over to the side. If I'm out someplace and, and I have to go, I look for something to put my feet on to put me in a squatting position because that supports and aligns the bowel. So the position is important, but also to be able to use the transverse muscle, right? So we expand, we bring the belly, belly button to the inner spine, all right, which I call fifth floor, okay? And we hold it there. We hold it there as we go to the bathroom. If we go to the bathroom and don't hold it there and, we, and we're pushing out, then the muscles and connective tissue are going to be going forward and that's going to make your diastasis bigger. So that is why. So now it's everyone's going to be getting squatty potties. I actually bought it for my entire family a couple of years ago when those well, infomercials the, the sort right, of went viral. It's the right position, but you still need to engage your trans. I never thought about that. I think that's actually a really great point about is I think usually you tell especially your child just relax and go to the bathroom, right? But it's actually not just relaxing. You actually engage your tummy you muscles your, your or however child, you want to speak. Bring your belly button all the way back as far as you're going to hold it there and then go to the bathroom. Bringing your belly button all the way in just because I do a lot of breath work. Is that like an exhale or what is like what – how are you breathing while you're bringing your belly button in so that the child can feel it? Like for me, usually I say exhale, emptying out a balloon, yeah, feel your belly yes, button go in. That's how I, I show it. Um, in the video for the children, and that's how I teach it. I say, think of your lungs like little balloons and they're in your belly, and and you wanna blow up the balloons, the bag or the belly gets bigger. And then you use your belly button to bring the belly back to the spine and you empty, right. So when I'm training trainers, if they say inhale, I take off points, okay? If they say belly breath in, I take off points. So I always say expand the belly with air and then take the air out of the belly so that, and then using your abdominals. Now you can take the air out without using your abdominals, but that would be a missed opportunity to use your transverse muscle. And the transverse muscle is important to learn about starting early in childhood at that children know how to use their abdominals correctly. Did you wear ever wear one of those after you had a kid? What were they? They were like yummy, tummy, yummy tummy. Yeah, yummy they're... tummy. Does that help with your diastasis? Well, they have different binders. Some are for compression, and some are for and and mine is for approximation, repositioning the muscles. So if you're wearing the other one for compression. That's okay initially, but it's not going to bring the muscles and connective tissue together. It might help you feel it better, but the goal is to have your transverse muscle be your compression binder by strengthening it. So that's what I was curious about. So that does not help to bring those muscles no, together. No, that's more just not. a compression. Just compression. They're two You're separate things. The muscles and going like this. Another interesting question I have for you, because I think a lot of our listeners are mothers and either are thinking about or already scheduled to get a tummy tuck. And it was interesting that you mentioned that if you get a tummy tuck, you're sewed up. So when thinking about your diastasis, is this something to strengthen before you do a tummy tuck? If you've already had a tummy tuck, is it ever too late to ever train if you've already even had your tummy tuck? Okay, so many people come to me and we have an ab rehab program and I speak at hernia conferences and, and talk to the uh, 
uh, hernia doctors about using my program to prepare them for any abdominal surgery. So it's really important to, if you're going to have the surgery, to prepare for it, all right? And preparing for it will make the diastasis smaller, all right? So then they don't have to use any mesh. And you know that there's always issues with mesh. It makes the connective tissue stronger. So the stitches will hold better. And most importantly, after the surgery, the patient will know how to use their abdominals in the recovery process to maintain the integrity of the sutures. So the sutures, so that stitching of the connective tissue does not come undone. So yes, if you are planning on, and it's a major surgery. They cut you from hip bone to hip bone, lift up the skin. Now, if you have like a lot of extra skin, that would be the main reason to get the, the, the tummy tuck. But then you have to mobilize that scar. It's a heavy duty recovery. And you have to really know how to use your abdominal muscles in the recovery process and for the rest of your life to maintain those sutures. I think it's similar with the C-section, correct? I mean, before and after. I'm going to mention about a C-section, and that's why I have this plastic bag. Because when women come to me with a C-section, okay, so this is the cut right here. And you can see when you have a cut, it causes an adhesion. So you see that the two layers are stuck together here, okay? The two layers are stuck together. And when I try and bring it together, this area is harder to move because of the stuckness there. When I do scar mobilization and unstick the layers of, it's then easier to bring the muscles and connective tissue together, okay? So um, if you do have a C-section, we always recommend scar mobilization. We have a tape that we use. We, 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 we show how to do it, you know, and if you can't do it that way, you can always, there's a machine you can get for scar mobilization and do it at home, or you can go to a physical therapist and they can do laser, but it's really important to mobilize that scar. So I had three C-sections and I can, and was able to do work on it and, and really don't have much adhesion. And, and I'm so grateful to, to that. But I guess a good question is, is it ever too late to do this kind of work? Meaning, you know, for instance, uh, I now had my youngest child eight years ago. If I wanted to start today, is it too late to get started or is there still okay. room for improvement? So now I used to say it's never too late. Okay. I used to say that. I don't say that anymore because it is too late if you're rounded over, okay, I was working with a doctor on the Upper East Side um, in New York, and um, she had a patient that was rounded over, a couple of patients, and they're not able to wear the splint, and they're not even able to hold, hold it when they're rounded over. So if you're rounded over, then it's too late. I can't do anything. So what does rounded over you know, mean you see exactly? These, these seniors that are like rounded over like this, you know, their shoulders are over. Like they're like hunchback, basically. You know, if your spine is straight, um, then it's not too late. So eight years and you look like your posture is good, uh, then it's not too late. Well, I'm sitting up straighter now that I'm talking to right? you. <laughs> We're engaging our transverse. And, and, I, and I say that because men, you know, have never been pregnant. 
And I have men in their 60s and 70s and 80s. 37% of my clients are men. I think that's very important for our listeners to hear that definitely it's not just for the women, the men too, and that they should definitely get themselves checked out. And children, I'm Julie, I'm so excited to start exercises with my son to help address some of his sleep apnea issues too. It's, uh, you know, connecting the dots, right? We were saying that's what this is all about and realizing that there are things that you may have known about. That's my last book is this, this, this children's book. I'm, you know, not creating any more books, any more videos. I did a, a new video that's going to, I did it last year and it's not, I'm coming out with a new website. So my Together Tummy video, which is in, I made it in chapters instead of running the whole video from two hours from beginning to end, I made it into chapters so that people could just go where they wanted to. And, you know, if you're interested in seeing this, let me know and I'll, uh, uh, cause it's not on the website yet. It'll be on the new website. I will, I'm glad to uh, send you the streaming link. Great. Yes. And we'll definitely share that in our show notes. It was such a pleasure meeting you today and thank you so much for your wealth of information and really opened my eyes. I had no idea about diastasis recti at all. I remember a friend of mine checking me out one time after I had Cami, but that was it. Like no one thinks that it's a thing to even look at. I'm like a salmon swimming upstream. And that's why I do these because people still don't know what it is and it affects so many people. I was at a party and I guess I became the entertainment because there were 30 people at the party and I checked everybody at the party and everybody had it. There was one, (laughs) except me, of course, there was one 18 year old girl, horrible, horrible back pain, horrible back pain. And she had been to every uh, orthopedic, chiropractor, acupuncture, you name it. She had tried everything for her back pain. And do you know, not one person checked her for a diastasis. I was the first one. And I had to spread my fingers to feel the ridges. She had like over 10 feet. She was 18 years old, had done gymnastics as a child, swimming, crunches, all that kind of stuff. And they had her on antidepressants because she was so depressed and nobody could find anything why she had back pain. And her muscles were like over 10 fingers separated. Wow. Mm, wow. Unbelievable. Any way that I can get it. And that is why in 2009, I started training medical and fitness professionals because I figured, well, it's just me. You know, how am I going to get this out there to, to, to bring awareness? Wow. Well, thank you, because you, you really do make a difference in people's well, lives. I, and I, I appreciate that. We appreciate your dedication and your desire to educate because it, it really does help so many people. Well, chiropractors, that's why I'm, I'm, I am I'm do have other doctors, but I'm focusing on the chiropractors because they have their own practice and back pain is a big issue. So now, you know, you know, the chiropractors don't have time to do my training program. So I created this co-management program where they can participate just by checking watching my video, you know, checking their patients, and then we work together. Amazing. It's great. Amazing. Keep doing what you're doing, and such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for today. Thank you, Julie. Subscribe to The Well Drop on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share with a friend who can benefit from listening too. Follow us on social media at The Well Drop. The Well Drop podcast and content posted by Amber Berger and Dina Wismer is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast or website is at the user's own risk.
It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice. The WellDrop is not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast.